What is going on, Cultivate family? I hope you're all having a good week. Did you lot know that I was told at the age of seven that I was actively being given less food so I would be skinny, which was just peak 90s diet culture? I was a really, really sporty kid at this point, and all I did in the summer when I wasn't at school was play sports outside. But I was actively told that I was fed less for a couple of weeks and that that was a good thing because then I lost weight and I looked skinnier. And obviously at that point, as a seven-year-old, sporty, tomboy kid, how I looked and my body weight was just absolutely the furthest thing from my mind. This was the first time that my weight had ever been brought up to me. But from that point on, that was a catalyst for me really having an issue with my eating. And I remember very vividly starting to look at the nutritional information on food and the calorie count on food and thinking to myself how much of that I could eat and still manage to lose weight, which for a kid with no understanding of energy balance and no nutritional knowledge was a bit worrying. So today we are going to talk about all the bonkers things that I did out of pure shame and desperation to make my body smaller and conform to what society's standard of healthy was, which at the time we all know was just about being stick thin because of the fat phobic society that we live in and the hate that just continues to be bred towards people in bigger bodies. So a trigger warning for the rest of this episode I am going to talk about all sorts of extreme food restriction and dieting. So if you're not in a spot to hear that right now, that is absolutely cool. Maybe leave this episode until you feel ready to come back to it. It does have a positive ending though, I promise. And the reason that I am sharing all of these stories with you is because talking about these things is often really taboo. No one wants to acknowledge it. No one wants to acknowledge their own struggles because a lot of the time we feel ashamed about them. I don't really think I feel ashamed about any of these things anymore because it's made me into the person that I am today. And I honestly just can't thank the person enough that clocked that I had an eating disorder, which I'll talk about a bit later in the episode because without that, I don't know what form of bad diet or extreme weight loss I might have pursued next. I'm really glad it was caught. So let's get into it. After that experience as a kid and always being paranoid about my size all the way through school, because I was a pretty tall, lanky kid and I was never stick thin. And that was always a sticking point for me. I always felt bigger than the other kids and I always felt like that was a negative. I'm five for eight now. I'm pretty sure when I was 11, I was also five for eight. I was a big kid and that was just counted against me, especially because I wasn't very feminine. So when I lived alone for the first time, being about 16 or 17 years old, this was my first venture that I can actively really remember into some form of disordered eating and pursuing a diet off my own accord. And this one I have named the 18p Tommy Soup Diet. This wasn't inspired by anything. I have no idea why I thought this was a good idea to do. But I was at college living in a flat with a bunch of people. I was young, living on my own for the first time. 
And I realized that Tesco's basic tomato soup in the supermarket just cost 18 pence and it had 118 calories per half a tin. And what I started to do was try and eat it for every fucking meal. So I would have a normal breakfast and eat a breakfast food. And then for my other two meals of the day, I would eat one tin of tomato soup split in half. And safe to say that did not last long. And I dived headfirst into my housemates' cheesy chips as soon as they got delivered. That was my first sort of memorable me pursuing any sort of diet. And there was no logic to it at all. But that was the first one that I remember. This was then followed by the famous Special K diet, which is an absolute crock of shite. <laughs> um, so Kellogg's, for those who don't know, the cereal Kellogg's Cornflakes, they made a brand of cereal called Special K, which was about 130 calories a bowl if you had it with skimmed milk. They marketed this product by introducing something called the Special K diet, where you could drop a dress size in X amount of weeks. I think it was two weeks. So the rules of the Special K diet were you would eat one bowl of cereal for breakfast and one bowl of cereal for lunch, and then you'd have a normal evening meal. Now, an 130-calorie bowl of cereal for breakfast and lunch is absolutely not enough food for anyone, not even a kid. So essentially, all the Special K diet was, was heavily restricting food in the first part of the day and then eating one proper meal. So I obviously hopped on and tried this after my very successful tomato soup diet, which was absolutely not successful in the slightest. And what I found, and obviously what a whole world of people found, is I would end up hugely overeating in the evening because I was not eating anywhere near enough food during the day. Very, very similar to my little tomato soup diet experiment prior to this. And the thing was that every evening when I felt so hungry and would end up binge eating or just overeating to the point where I felt sick and uncomfortable, I would shame myself for it. Because I thought this was meant to be working for millions of people. Why wasn't it working for me? And when I look back on that now, I just see how problematic that advertising was. And I don't know if they still even do it now, but please never try the Special K diet. A few people that are in similar ages to me will really relate to that. So many of us have tried it and it's just absolute rubbish. So we're two very silly diets down. And next up, I caught on to carb cutting. I went absolutely no carb. And I tried that when I was about 19 or 20. Now, this was the first thing I ever tried where I actually saw myself lose weight. I lost scale weight so quickly, obviously, because I lost all of the water weight from not eating any carbs. But then I obviously got really frustrated when the scale weight plateaued because I didn't understand the nuances around scale weight and variations and fluctuations. I then also had so little energy to do anything because as well as cutting out a whole food group in the form of carbs, I was basically just eating like boiled eggs and mushrooms. Absolutely wild. Not enough food, not enough protein. And I don't know if you're sensing a theme here, but essentially 
All I ever did was just restrict food in all of these forms, which leads me onto my next diet attempt that came a few years later, intermittent fasting for fuck's sake, Lucinda. So when I worked at Apple, we worked in a shopping mall. We had a very high stress, fast job as mobile phone and Mac technicians. Yes, I was a genius at the Genius Bar. I was called a genius. Anyway, because we worked in a shopping mall, if you didn't bring your own food, your options for eating lunch was the food court, which was like Burger King, McDonald's, Pizza Hut, a ton of fast food. So a lot of like calorie dense options that aren't necessarily going to nourish you and give you loads of energy. So it was really normal for people at Apple not to feel their best working there because we had a lot of working pressures that we were put under every day. And most of us were just eating from the food court, going home absolutely exhausted, getting home, doing the same thing again. At Apple, as a result of that, it was really, really normal for someone to come into the staff room and announce that they were on a diet. And one week, one person in the team tried intermittent fasting. And a few weeks down the line, they had lost a huge amount of weight really, really quickly. And so obviously then, so many people in my wider team at Apple jumped on that intermittent fasting boat, including myself. Surprise, surprise. So I didn't actually do any research on this. I didn't Google it. I didn't do anything. My workmate that had been loving intermittent fasting told me that I should eat one 500 calorie meal per day for five days of the week. And then the other two days of the week, I could eat what I want. He was choosing to eat Domino's on his days when he wasn't fasting. So he was essentially using those two days like a cheat meal. 500 calories, five days of the week, and then a huge amount of calories at the weekend, which did result in him being in an energy deficit. So as a result, he lost weight. Definitely not the right way to approach anything at all, just smashing takeaways on a weekend and eating 500 calories during the week. So me knowing absolutely fuck all about nutrition at that point, I worked a job where I was on my feet for nine hours a day, where I must have averaged at least 25 to 30k steps a day. Surviving off 500 calories with that amount of energy expenditure was absolutely bonkers. But I obviously tried it dived headfirst in. I was like, wicked, this is going to work. It worked for this person. It's going to work for me. So the 500 calories that I chose to eat when I was doing this intermittent fasting whilst working at Apple was a meal deal, which was a sandwich and a packet of crisps and a Diet Coke, obviously. And a couple of days in, I almost passed out at work doing my job and I had to catch myself and asked my manager if I could go and buy myself some food. And I ran out and allowed myself to buy a sandwich because I was literally going to faint. Safe to say, I did not try that again. Now, that is absolutely not the way that intermittent fasting was ever intended to work. But this is a really good example of how desperate myself and a bunch of other people could be to change our bodies that we were so easily led by one person's suggestion and then very bad and incorrect advice. Now, this time of year, there's a huge amount of chat around intermittent fasting. And we all do it inadvertently because we go to sleep at night and that is a period of fasting. 
And if that is a way that people enjoy eating, that's totally cool. But this attempt at me doing it for a diet and the people that I worked with doing it for a diet was pretty dangerous. There was no actual thought going into it. We were just looking for that quick fix. It was really, really silly. So you'd think by this point, I probably would have realized that fad diets were not good and that I had a problem, but we still got a couple to go, I'm afraid. So next up, we are going to delve into veganism and smoothies. So I went vegetarian in about 2014. I didn't find it very hard. I never really have missed meat since. I still don't eat meat now. But a few years later, I ended up being vegan, as a lot of us might try at some point. And I was telling everybody it was because I wanted to be healthy. But really, I was actually just hoping that this would be another way of restricting things so I could lose weight. I was getting into exercise a bit more at this time as well. And I listened to this vegan gym person, this big muscly gym bro. And he had a podcast all about being a vegan gym athlete. And on his podcast, he said, if you drink one smoothie a day for breakfast, you will lose weight. He provided zero context for it. That was it. He said, you just have to pack a smoothie with fruit and spinach and water, have one of those a day, and that would make you lose weight. Now, I know now as a nutritionist that he was essentially just saying a smoothie was an easy way to volume eat fruit and vegetables to keep you full. And that could contribute to weight loss over time because you might eat less the rest of the day. But that is absolutely not how he sold it on the podcast. And someone vulnerable with an eating disorder like me dropped everything to try it. So I immediately started making these massive smoothies with frozen fruit packed with a massive amount of spinach every day. And I was so disheartened after two weeks when nothing changed. Why did nothing change? Because I was still just maintaining my body weight. But I just believed that this could be a game changer like I did with everything else. So coming into the last thing now that I did before I got diagnosed with an eating disorder, and this one's a little bit bleak. This was me buying fat burning pills off the internet. I am peak eating disorder now, and this was the last stupid thing that I did. I ordered some really, really suspect fat burning pills online. I hid them from my then partner at the time because I knew that they would get angry at me for doing it. It cost me about 200 quid for two bottles of pills, and this put me in debt. And bearing in mind I was a self-employed musician living in Brighton, I absolutely could not afford this. I just chucked them on my credit card because I was so desperate. Now, obviously, they arrived super quick and I started taking them immediately. I got on it straight away. About an hour after taking them the first day, I got some quite bad stomach cramps, which I then continued to ignore those stomach cramps for a whole week. And I kept taking the pills for seven to ten days, it was, I think. And then eventually one day I was just doubled over in pain and I had to stop taking them because that pain was just getting so unbearable. But the fact that I was willing to put my body through all of that in pursuit of weight loss showed me how unwell I was at the time, but I didn't notice it in that moment. The pure desperation and shame I had about my body and my nutrition at that point, I was completely at rock bottom breaking point. 
And quite shortly after all this happened, I was actually diagnosed with an eating disorder by someone that was doing a mental health review with me for depression and anxiety. And I am so, so grateful they spotted it because I absolutely did not at all. Now, the reason for me sharing all these things with you today is I wanted to show how easy it is to get sucked into fad diets or quick fixes because you feel a certain way about your body. From that age of seven, I was so hyper aware of my weight my whole life and I did everything I could to change it when really all of the work that I had to do needed to be done mentally, not physically. And what I've noticed is a complete lack of self-awareness is really normal when you get into these mindsets of trying to diet. And hindsight is always a huge factor in realizing how detrimental to your food relationship certain things can be. And I hope that you can see that from some of the stories that I've shared today. The pressure I felt from a young age to be stick thin was wild. It was all I thought about from being seven years old right up to being 27 years old and ordering those pills. Working in an industry, music in my circumstances, where a huge amount of pressure was put on image while simultaneously growing up being told I wasn't skinny enough just absolutely ruined me. And I don't want anyone to ever have to go through that. And this is why I'm making this episode. What I've also realized is that a lack of nutrition knowledge and education can be so, so dangerous. Doing your own research, finding good evidence-based professionals to get your advice from is so, so crucial. And the amount of terrible advice online now is so much more than it was at the point where I was doing all of this. And if TikTok and Instagram Reels had existed at the point where I was doing all of these things, I think I could have got sucked into so many way more detrimental phases of this. So I can't stress enough that no amount of dieting or food restriction will ever make you love your body more. That doesn't ever mean that you can't pursue an aesthetic goal, a weight loss goal, a body recomp goal, but going into a period of restriction when your mindset or your relationship with food is in a bad spot will always make things so much worse. If there's anything I want people to take away from this episode today, it's to prioritize your food relationship first, prioritize your body recomposition goals after. This is why I have such a huge focus on inclusive, mindful nutrition at the heart of everything I do with my people in Fuzz Culture Club. We don't talk about what we can take away. We talk about making mindful choices. We talk about all foods fit and including variety and making sure that as well as acknowledging that food is fuel, food can also be love and culture and social and it can also be enjoyable. So I hope you all can see from my mistakes and experiences with disordered eating and chronic yo-yo dieting why I actually ended up as a coach to help people in similar positions myself. A lot of the people that I help have hugely similar backgrounds to me and often they feel the same way that I did. They never want to have to put their bodies and minds through that kind of stress ever again. I wouldn't want anyone to have to. But also, I want this episode to serve as a reminder that if you are stuck in any of these cycles or mindsets or you're really struggling with your nutrition, I promise it does not have to be like this forever. 
there is always a way out of it. So if you feel like you're struggling, you feel like you're going in cycles of restricting food or yo-yo dieting, there can be a way out of that 100%, especially with the right support system. So I hope you all have a wonderful day and I hope you've enjoyed listening to all my ridiculous stories about silly fad diets or silly things I tried to do to lose weight. I hope it's at least given you a little bit of a laugh because, my God, it is bonkers. If you do need some support with your nutrition, please fill in the form in the show notes. Tell me a bit about yourself and I'll let you know if I can help you. No one deserves to go through this shit alone. It is not easy. Have an amazing rest of your week, Cultivate Family. Take it easy. I'm out.